0: Hey, we're live. We're all live now.
1: No. That, okay, there we go. What's up, everybody? <laughs> we're going How you guys little, doing? Uh, what's up? Uh, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Police Off the Cuff After Hours. I'm your host. My name is Mark DeMay. I'm here with my co-host, my partner in all things law enforcement, the very handsome Bill Cannon. What's up, Bill?
0: Hey, just looking forward to the show. We actually got uh, Christian just today, a last-minute uh, arrival, so... And a I'm great guest. To, is, yeah, uh, I hope he's going to be a great show, right? Okay,
1: so uh, let, let's uh, announce our guest. Uh, he's a retired NYPD first-grade detective. He worked. He started off his career in the Bronx. He worked city housing, uh, citywide housing crime team, uh, several detective squads in the Bronx. Uh, as he got second grade, then he went into the hostage negotiation team, uh, became first-grade detective. Uh, then he was part of a federal task force. He has an interesting story because right at the end of the career, it's like a movie right before, like a week before he was to retire, he, uh, he was called on as a hostage negotiator. There was three women in Queens and a baby, and they were held hostage by two gunmen. Uh, they thought there was money there in the, in the house. Uh, the, the, uh, they had business with uh, the husband who died from cancer. They felt like there was money in the house. And then uh, first grade detective... Uh, Let's show up at the scene. What's up, buddy?
2: How you doing, guys? Thank you for having me.
1: All righty. Um, the the ruffling around, you're gonna have to sit still a little bit because uh, when you ruffle around, like when you move your, whatever you just did, it's crazy.
0: Sounds like we have a trash compact oh. going full speed. Well,
1: what's up, man? How are you? Where are you? Ah, uh, very good, thank you.
2: Uh, now happily retired in the great state of Florida.
1: Oh, congratulations. Wow. Another one. What what, uh, what area? You don't have to tell us exactly what your address is, but... Uh, Jacksonville area. Okay. All right. How's that working out for you?
2: So far, so good.
1: And uh, what are you doing with yourself now?
2: Mr. Dad. <laughs>
1: so that's it? You're fully retired? You're not doing anything else? No. No. Just uh,
2: enjoying the kids, uh, enjoying retired life for right now. All
1: right. That's good. That's good to hear.
0: You know, Christian, it's, it's, it's rare these days that someone does like exactly 20 years and gets out. In fact, you probably got in under the tier where you could do that. I think cops now have to do 22 years before they can retire.
2: Yes. When I got on, I was a tier two, tier two hiree in September of 2000. Uh-huh. So, um, I'm one of the lucky few, and nowadays I can get out twenty and out with everything going on.
0: That's what Mark did. He went twenty and out and he wrote a show about it. He did a comedy show about twenty years and out off the police department
1: yeah, but i was I only made it to fourth grade detective <laughs> <laughs> it happens get, it, it does happen I mean, to get first grade in twenty years that's um pretty impressive. Do you think that has some? You started off in housing do you think that had something to do with housing
2: um honestly it was it was all luck it was I had a great support um, system with colleagues and bosses and it just everything happened at the right time in my career for me that I I was very blessed and very humbled that's great
0: folks in the chat I just want to let you know uh, tonight's show is police off the cuff we're not going to be addressing the Summer Wells case on the show tonight. I appreciate everyone in the chat asking about it, but we're not going to be addressing that, that case tonight on, uh, on the show. We're just going to be interviewing uh, Kristen Flood, who had a uh, exemplary NYPD police career.
1: Yeah, we got a couple of different shows. Bill does the, uh, the true crimes and right now he's covering Summer Wells. And we have another show that we do called Police Off the Cuff After Hours. Where we look to uh, pick out the best of the best that uh, have anything to do with law enforcement, and a lot of them go on to remarkable careers afterwards. And Detective Flood, um, there he is, right there in all his glory.
0: You know, after he retired, he doesn't even need glasses anymore. You know, <laughs>
1: <laughs> they're here, still have them. <laughs> HNT Hostage Negotiation Team. That's a great, that's a great jacket to wear, man. Um,
0: I would imagine it you is. had a Thank chance,
1: you. Uh, you know, your boss was something something else too.
0: There he is again standing in front of that the host, hostage negotiation <laughs> van. I think they, they teach him that stance in the, when they go for training, to stand like that,
1: right? Tell us a little bit about what it was like working for – you worked for Jack Cambria, right?
0: No,
2: Jack, I didn't have the opportunity. Jack had already, I think, moved on and retired my first um commanding officer was lieutenant commander chris zimmerman christopher zimmerman who is now off the job and i believe is the captain of the port authority counterterrorism bureau and then my next ceo was lieutenant mike falk from the six seven now back at the six seven and that gentleman is lieutenant mike Tamayo, the the current hostage uh, negotiator commander
0: you don't want to hear something funny about chris zimmerman I responded to the uh, miracle on the Hudson when Sully Sullenberger landed the plane on the the, uh, river. And, you know, as the investigation went on, we were very happy to hear that no one had died. And it was Chris Zimmerman, who was a lieutenant at the time in, um, I I think, Missing Persons. His job was to account for every single person that was on that plane. And the whole time he was doing it, the chief of detectives at the time, uh, it was Brown. He was screaming at him like the whole time. And I was just like, how is this guy going to do his job when this guy is just screaming in his ear the whole time. And to <laughs> his credit, he did an amazing job. He was able to account because people were brought to hospitals across the river in New Jersey. Some people just went home. People went back to LaGuardia to jump on another plane. And he had to account and he accounted for every single person. And while the chief of deeds was screaming at him, I was like, that was great. You did a hell of a job. <laughs>
2: no he's a great man and i was very uh humbled and happy when when he called me for my interview i was actually on vacation i actually drove down on vacation to be interviewed by lieutenant Zimmerman and um i'm very happy that i was picked for agent class 25 and very very humbled to be on the team
0: that's great here's your little uh challenge coin huh? hostage negotiation <laughs> team you know i actually had this picture here that you're looking at that was the former lieutenant Jack Cambria. And he actually yes. talked that guy down from jumping off a building. And that wasn't the only thing. But afterwards he kept in contact with the guy. The guy I think was a resident of Phoenix House. And he tried to get the guy a job and all kinds of stuff. So Jack Cambria was uh, is one hell of a, a guy, you know, as you've probably heard. Yes.
1: Hey, so tell us, uh, bring us back to that case. Well, how, how far were you out from retirement? I mean, you, did you have your papers in? Did you know you were getting out?
2: It was, I believe, about five, five days, seven days before I walked right out the door. It happened wow. on, I think, a Tuesday,
1: and I was leaving that
2: Wednesday, the following Wednesday.
1: So this is like a movie right now. <laughs> Just what when I try to get out, they pull me right back in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'll quote. Uh, I'll quote.
2: I believe it was my father or my brother that said, "I kind of went out like Derek Jeter, like you know, the last hit, you know, uh, fit the script." That's pretty much how I went out. Um, and it was funny because I didn't even know the job was going on at the time. One of the guys I work with, a good friend of mine, Nick Levesque uh, heard it and was like, you didn't get a phone call yet? I go, what are you talking about? And then he pulls up the job, and I'm
0: reading it, and I'm like, oh, boy. <laughs> I think your brother's in the chat. You got a brother named Scott? I do, yes. And is he on the job too? No, um, he's not, just me. Okay. You know, let me ask you something. So you get to this hostage job they're threatening to kill people. Uh, they're armed. The guy makes a couple of requests, right? He, he, one of the things he wanted was he wanted a pizza, right? So, <laughs> right. So you basically stalled in getting him the pizza, which is a great thing. Cause in hostage negotiation, you don't want the hostage taker to control the time. You want to control the time and you want to control the pace of it and you want to slow it down. Right? <laughs> yes. 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 Well, we tell, do, us how you, tell us how you did that. Do I have to pull these questions oh, out no. of you? Tell us how you did that. It's it's <laughs> well, I, we we don't
2: want to let too much out, but um, because it is, it's I believe it's still in litigation. I I know when I first got there, um there was a lieutenant, I believe, uh Mike Latricia, he's now retired. He was actually speaking to one of the uh the hostage takers. And as I got there, we transitioned him getting off the phone with me getting on the phone. That was a little bit of a process. And then I had to develop my own rapport. And before he even wanted the pizza, he actually wanted to speak to his wife. Um, his name was Mr. Ortiz. He wanted to speak to his wife and he wasn't coming out. And that got a little tricky because I didn't know to what capacity he wanted to speak to his wife. So myself, Lieutenant Tameo, we kind of came up with a plan like well we're gonna work on getting your wife here but you gotta do something for us and it was right at the time of the transition from lieutenant latricia to myself he was uh willing to release two of the women the uh the two women the 90 and the 60 the 90 year old and the 60 year old but we still had a 33 year old female in there and that's when the whole i'm getting hungry i want something to drink came into play because at this time, all he really wanted was to speak to his wife, and we had to vet, at to what capacity. Like, is it to say goodbye and do it live? Is it, you know, this is why I'm doing this because of you? Like, we, there was a lot of scenarios before we actually brought her into the picture.
0: Yeah, because uh, you know you can't obviously let the host, the hostage takers uh, run the run the show. You got to take control of it. But the- yes. You want to keep them talking, right? That's uh, look. I had I did three shows with Jack Cambria, so I feel like I almost went through the hostage negotiation training, you know. And you know, I had a funny story about a pizza one time. We had a double murderer up in Connecticut. He had fled there from the two three precinct in Spanish Harlem, and uh, two of my detectives, Charlie Freitag and uh, Detective Pat Porteous, they spent six hours in the room interrogating this guy, and he wouldn't give it up. And finally, uh, I put a female detective in with him, Giselle Molino, and she comes out an hour later and she goes, he's, re- he's ready to give it the whole thing up, but he wants a large pepperoni pizza and two packs of Newports. So I became a little pizza errand boy, and I went out and got the pizza, and he confessed to the whole thing. So that's my pizza story. Pizza
2: has- Pizza, pizza has a way with people. Everybody loves pizza, <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, we were able to, um, when he wanted something to eat, at first we couldn't find the pizza reopened because it was also during COVID. So we had to try and find someone, and I'm not from Queens. So we had the 106 guys and the Queens, I think it's Queens South, I don't know Queens that well, robbery squad. Somebody came up with a pizza. <laughs> That's all I know at some point. And uh, he wanted, a whole pack of cigarettes. I think we gave him like two or three because we didn't want this to be prolonged. And we knew he was going to be ready to come out, him and uh, his partner. And they ultimately this, came out.
1: Was this a, a drug deal that the money was owed? That I
2: don't know. I There was rumor, though I can't personally confirm this because I'm not part of that part of the investigation. Uh the, the, the owner of the house, the husband had died of cancer and there was some type of, I don't know if it was an insurance settlement, if it was a prior crime and this was the net proceeds, but there was supposedly a, to what I was told, a large sum of money potentially in there. I don't know. I can't confirm that.
0: You know, we had a, we had a case one time where we thought uh, um, we had the guy who shot Captain Gervin in the 3-2 precinct. And the Trouble. guy was in a yeah, the, uh, the guy was in a um, social club we we found we uh, tracked his plate and he was a real bad guy. and we tracked him all the way to uh, Staten Island and he holed up in an apartment and Taru was involved because they were listening on his phone line and you know uh, the hostage was there. And I remember as soon as hostage got there there was a detective talking to the perp. And they just they just knocked him right off the line and went in with a different line. And he was there like, well, you know. And uh, the guy the guy took his gun apart and tried to dump it down the sink. And then the ESU came in and took the oh, trap wow. apart and found the gun. And he really wasn't the shooter, but he he was such a bad guy we trigger locked him and he did something to life. He got like six to life for just having a gun, but I think wow. he was uh, yeah he was his name was Tata. And but that he got that name because he was a shooter, and he was a shooter mm. from Queens. And then you know, ta 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 ta. You know, that's how he got that name. Yeah. Ta-ta. But ultimately, they did catch the guy who shot uh Captain Gervin. So it was a good, it was a good case.
1: How old was if, this guy? These uh these perps. Uh,
2: oh. one Tex Ortiz, I believe, was in like his thirties, mid thirties, if to my. Best recollection, and I forget. I think it was Mike Williams. I forget the other guy's name. It's escaping me right now. He was a little. He was older, like forties, fifties. Uh,
1: he was actually. He actually got on the phone me a couple times. Very hot
2: headed. Couldn't reason with him. Um, and, and
1: how did the word get out? Did what? Did one of these women call nine one one? I mean, they 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 got into the house. How how did the the word get out? So
2: later on, from what I found out, the 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 female that lived there, she had the infant child. She actually ran out and came in. And she went to a neighbor. She went somewhere and called 911. That's when the 106 responded.
1: So the the neighbor found them?
2: I believe so, yes.
1: Yes. I I got a word to uh, check my microphone, so I'm going to try this. Uh,
0: Let's see. So l- let me ask you something before we we sort of jumped ahead of time. Before before you got to hostage, you worked yeah. in that you were you came on a job. You worked for housing, right? Correct. And so, am I on tape delay? Like it seems like I'm asking so, a question, and yeah, it's, uh, it's it's reaching you like seconds after I talk. Is this going <laughs> down? The Is this going down 95 South and reaching you like? a He's drag. He's got a drag. Yeah.
1: It's like we're on TV. So it's, you worked. It is. You worked, it's, a, it's a very long drive down
0: here. <laughs> you worked in PSA 7 in the South Bronx. Tell us about what it was like working there.
2: Um. Yeah. Got there in March of 01. I actually did my field training there. Loved it so much I wanted to go back. Um, was able, was lucky enough to go back there. And that's where I learned patrol, working in the housing projects in the four oh, four two, four four, and four six uh, precincts. And then
0: and this, did that for a little was, while. This was two thousand. So two thousand yes. two thousand four you worked there? So it was still pretty uh, yeah. busy.
2: Oh, it was it was it was it was very busy. Um rocking. Was it rocking? Uh yes. Uh Claremont Day was no joke. I mean, it slowed down because uh, September 11th happened. I was six months on the streets. September 11th happened, so housing and the detective bureau merged, if you guys remember. And then I did time at the Fresh Kills landfill in Staten Island for a couple of months. You know, you know we'll do, the details. Yeah,
0: I'm we're afraid. doing a couple of sh- we're doing a couple of shows uh, next week uh, on ni- on the 20th anniversary of 9 11. Uh, one of them Monday is of a, a retired inspector who wrote a book on, on nine 11. And we're going to uh, talk about all the sacrifices that people made. And then Tuesday, I have the three guys that I went responded with. i going to do a show with me on nine 11. So, uh, you nice. know, the 20th, anab- the 20th anniversary is here. And, um, it's not that we're celebrating. We're sort of commemorating it and remembering what it was like and how people are now 20 years from, from that date, you know,
1: Hey, um, Duty yeah. Wrong brings up, uh, he asked if, uh, do you know Darren Porcher, Dr. Darren Porcher? Did you work with him? Yes. Uh, loosely affiliated.
2: Dr. Porcher, he was a sergeant when I was in the academy, he was a law instructor. And then uh, I think I bumped into him once out of detail when I was on the street. Uh, loosely know him, very loosely.
1: Okay.
0: Duty He's Wrong brought up- that up. Yeah, he's been on the show a bunch of times. He's a very um, successful talking head. That's what they call him. You know, he goes on all the news shows, and he uh, he's a he's a good talker. He's a smart guy. You know, yeah, he nice definitely. Guy. We're
1: back. All right, we're back to comments
0: right now. Diane B. Yeah, twenty years. It feels feels like yesterday. Not to me. I think it feels like it was a long time ago. You know. I still remember it vividly, but it seems like twenty years ago to me, you know. And uh, I don't know if, if it f- feels like that to you. I don't. It doesn't to me. Well,
1: I got it's, ten years. I'm approaching ten years, and um, it seems like I, I agree with you. It feels like a lifetime ago.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna just show you guys a quick picture, and I don't. I'm not. I got promoted in December of two thousand one, so that's Billy Cannon twenty years younger. You see, I have brown hair and everything, and. My kids now <laughs> my kids now who are twenty-six and twenty-nine, uh, that was twenty years ago. So they were six and nine years old. That's funny, right? But uh that's great. Time, time flies. Me. Yeah, and well, yeah, it seems like a real long time ago, you know, and it's like when you talk about talk to people um that responded there, a lot of lot of suffering that still goes on yes. to this day, you know, and um it's, it's, you know, I, I will always listen to someone that responded that wants to talk to me or, you know, needs a shoulder to lean on or wants to talk about it. I'm fine with it, you know. I mean, luckily, I have a couple of physical ailments from it, but I don't have any uh, mental ailments from it. I have other mental ailments, like I like to drink Brooklyn lager every night, you know.
1: <laughs> well, Christian, you were down there in um – You said you spent a couple of months in Fresh Kills. Uh, How how are you feeling?
0: I'm
2: okay. I mean, knock on wood, I'm okay. Um, No ailments, nothing like that. I know guys that I was down there with, I mean, did develop some ailments. So far, I'm
1: one of the lucky few, nothing yet, and uh, like to keep it that way. (laughs) Well, you're in Florida right now, and you had all this experience with the hostage negotiation, first-grade detective Well, I mean, I know that you just retired, but are there any plans or anything you're looking into? Because, you know, it's a Um, lot of experience to just lay lay dormant there.
2: I'll be honest with you. I haven't thought about joining, excuse me, any law enforcement agency down here yet, though I have been approached by uh, multiple departments. Um, I don't know. I may want to get into like public speaking, teaching. Um, Again, thank you guys for having me. Uh, This is pretty cool you know, sharing what I've learned over 20 years. So the next generation of negotiator or law enforcement professional can maybe take something away from my
0: career. You know, Kristen, don't become a podcaster. You may (laughs) look at us and think, well, (laughs) think we're like wealthy guys and we got all, we, we got it all going on, but it's, it's no life. (laughs) I'm just kidding. We're having a lot of fun. Hey, listen,
2: anytime I can sit down with other guys
1: and, you know, talk about the old days, it's fine by me. What's it like when you're on the phone uh, with, uh, you know, negotiating? There's hostages, and now you got the perp on the phone. You got the, you know, the guy, the two guys that were. Like, how does the conversation start?
2: Um, at a very high level, uh, to be honest with you, very elevated. A lot of expletives came out. Um,
1: it was. What do you mean? What? What? What do you mean? What like? Uh, are you angry uh, at them or no? They like they're angry. Like
2: they it, it, it's funny, like they're not smart and they they got into a way and their emotions are high, you know, and my job is to bring them from up here down to here. So we can actually have an intelligent conversation. But when you're throwing F-bombs at me, if you come in here, we're going to shoot it out with you. Um, we we'll better c- not uh, have to come through the door, stuff like that. And that my job is, like, I have to take all that in, in, in and keeping a very even keel. Listen, we're not here for that. And, like, try and, like, get to them on a more personal level.
1: So they're saying that if you if you guys take one step closer, we're going to kill these people. And you're saying, mm-hmm. "Calm down, right?" That's. I'm basically trying to get um, their mind. To that. I will
2: tell you, um, multiple times, I was told that if the police, if ESU came through that door, they were going to shoot it out with us. They did not care, and trying to get them into trying to deflect that that mindset. Trying to get that their mindset off of that—that that was my biggest struggle. And then with Mr. Ortiz, the the primary uh, subject that I was talking to—I mean, this went on for about five and a half hours of me on the phone with him. This just—I just didn't shove up pizza and then out the door. This was about a five and a half to seven and a half hour job. I was on the phone with him for at least five six hours, and it was ups and downs, highs and lows. And then at some point, like he he understood that. We were going to meet halfway, and ultimately, he didn't want to come out. Him and his partner didn't want to come out, but they didn't want to—you know—they didn't want to get hurt in the process, so to speak.
1: How do you talk for five and a half hours? What is he, uh, using a landline? Because at some point, I'm going to be like, "Hey, listen, I got to get back to. You. I got to charge my phone."
2: <laughs> um, believe it or not, thank God that day my cell phone was charged. Um, one of Palazzi's things—we we had job phones, so when we got out there. They, I think, they tried throwing a throw uh, throw phone in there. They weren't they weren't having it, and they had multiple phones in the residence. They would call nine one one, and then nine one one would direct it to somebody in ESU, and then it would come to me. It was weird, <laughs> like. And then at some point, I was able to get a contact number, and on my NYPD job phone, excuse me, I would go back and forth. And you spoke earlier about Taru. Top notch guys. Um, they had every cell phone charger you can. Have. They had, I mean, they have some nice toys. So my phone was plugged in and I was good to go. I was all right. Um, but it, sometimes I would have to go to the door and actually speak behind two stacks of esu guys on the phone. And um, you know, and it was about ten degrees out that night. So I'm like, all right, buddy, give me a minute. Call you right back. You know. We would go back to the truck, tack up, charge my phone again, and then, you know, continue on with the process.
1: Is that something you don't think about? Because, you know, in the, in the old days, you had a, a hostage negotiator. The guys were in the van. They had a line. Uh, it was it was uh, they were calling somebody's hard line in the house. You know, there was a cord. It was. a. <laughs> but now you got cell phones. It's like, dude, I got 10 minutes left. You better be good. <laughs> Tell me what you want. <laughs> uh yeah. <laughs> the
2: times have evolved, yes and uh social media and all that other good stuff so the good thing was they had a charger at least because i asked them i'm like because periodically i would ask that question because i didn't want to be in conversation and then the phone just dies okay now we have a problem but uh i was assured they had some type of charging mechanism or device so they were fine i was fine and they were not letting my phone die. So we just had to make sure that their, theirs was good. And it was.
0: You know, Kristen, someone in the chat asked, have you always been successful in a negotiation? And that, that goes, not, I'm not just talking about you. How about the entire NYPD hostage negotiation? Have they ever lost someone during a negotiation? Um, Prior to
2: my time, I know of one incident uh, with... Dave Nielsen, I believe he took his own life. It was in Staten Island. Um, or well, he shot it out with the issue I don't remember the particulars because this was prior to me being on the team. Um personally, any negotiation that I had or part of, it was, resulted in a successful outcome, meaning that there was no loss of life, no police got hurt, and the hostage taker came out.
1: You know what's interesting in is, is that um... You didn't get that call and it was probably because you they probably took you off the off the list because you were retiring. So your partner so shows what? you is no? Because you were still on the list, but so how is well. it that you were the only the first one there?
2: <laughs> That's a great question. Um so when the job started I, uh, I, so the Chief of Detectives has a list of all the negotiators and their schedule. We do a timesheet for them, so to speak, in layman's terms. And I was working that night, and I don't remember if there was a scheduling conflict or something that happened in Queens, but in this particular part of the 106, there was no negotiators working. So they had two guys coming in from Brooklyn, and I apologize. I forget the the gentleman's name. But I believe they were from Brooklyn Homicide, Brooklyn North Homicide. And I had just, when I saw everything and the serious nature of it, I was working. I was like, you know what? I called the chief of detectives and the detective on the wheel told me what was going on. Actually, we worked together in the four, seven squad. He goes, are you working? I said, yes, I am. He goes, do you want to go over there? I'm like, do you need me to? And he goes, yes. So um, I'm like, all right, no problem. And as I'm on the phone with the chief of detectives, my partner, uh, Nick and Jason, excuse me, James, they're already getting the car ready they're already getting like the windbreaker they're like notepads like and they're we'll meet you downstairs so i'm getting like you know basic pedigree and then we go like we're just going and Nick is a great wheel man and got me there safely <laughs> but very fast and um when i got there at the staging area an esu guy saw the vest says you're hostage i said yep. And we start talking. I find out, I guess, he's a deputy inspector. And like, it was like, all right, Tag, you're it. And that's how I became the primary
0: on this. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Folks, this is uh, Police Off the Cuff After Hours. If you're not subscribed to us on YouTube, please subscribe. Hit the bell. Give us a thumbs up. We also have a, uh, a Patreon. And we would uh, love for you to join our Patreon. I'll put a little flyer up there. You can subscribe to us on YouTube, leave a comment, follow us on Facebook, visit our website, policeoffthecuff.com. We will be having some merchandise coming out very soon. Uh, we've got a lot of great things happening. I think tonight, if the Lord is with us, we should hit 13,000 subscribers. We were only about 55 shy of 13,000 before we went on the air. So if you're new to this show, or you know, please subscribe. we got to hit 13,000 tonight. We want to bust past 13,000, you know? So, uh, you know, Mark, I think it's time for us to go on a quick break and, uh, I'm going to put the, uh, first flyer up there.
1: Hey, everybody, uh, who lives up in the East coast, if you're fed up with what's going on here and you're thinking about it, taking a move down South, our guest tonight lives in, in Florida. If you don't want to go that far, if you're thinking about maybe South Carolina, why not consider Myrtle beach? Myrtle beach is beautiful. And, uh, our, Sponsored tonight, BRG, Carol Waters Realtor. She uh, is, a, is a New Yorker. She's from Ireland originally, uh, but she lived in the Bronx for many years. And uh, she got married to a, fu- a policeman that became a fireman. And then they both, after they retired, they moved down to ca- uh, South Carolina, Myrtle Beach. And now she's handling all the business down there. And she's doing a phenomenal job. So check out Carol Waters Realtor. Uh, it's Carol Waters Sells MB at Gmail.com. It's part of the Beach Realtygroup.com, uh dash Carol Waters. And her phone number is there, 914-261. She still kept that 914 number, 914 261 And she'll help you uh, find some property in Myrtle Beach that'll make you happy. And God forbid you get in trouble, folks. You're going to want to have this name in your pocket. You want to have this card, jmurray-law.com. That's Joe Murray. He's a frequent guest on the show. Um, He's a retired NYPD police officer who became an attorney while he was on the job. It's a remarkable story, and he's turned out to be a phenomenal lawyer. Um, He's he's a gentleman, and if I got into trouble, this is the guy I want on my side. He cares for all of his clients, and he'll give you 110% uh, there's his stuff right there. Joe Murray, jmurray-law.com. And uh, I would hold on to that number if you're fooling around and you're doing something you shouldn't
0: be. <laughs> Michael O'Keefe is a retired first-grade detective and the author of three novels, Shot to Pieces, A Reckoning in Brooklyn, and Burnt to a Crisp. You can order his books on Amazon.com or his website, com. <laughs> Michael O'Keefe, in 1992, was the officer who got involved in a violent confrontation with a perp named Kiko Garcia. And Mike came out on top. He's alive. Kiko Garcia uh, died in this it. encounter. And some of these novels are autobiographical, for example, Shot to Pieces, of <laughs> Reckoning in Brooklyn, and to were crisp. And Mike uh, was was the uh, officer that which, that shooting caused the uh, Washington Heights riots because of a lot of misinformation. He's a great author. Order his books on amazon.com or his website, michaelokeithauthor.com. Folks, police coffee is an officer owned business dedicated to crafting the finest coffees and blends. And the amazing thing is that they provide you with the freshest coffee available. Each batch is roasted fresh by people who know what it means to stay vigilant. And our specialty coffee does not waste one drop when flavor is concerned. Our coffee is some of the best you'll find, but it also helps uh, serve an important cause, giving back to our community. 50% of the profits goes towards helping family members of police officers who fell in the line of duty. To order coffee and related products from policecoffee.com go to the website. There are over seven types of coffee to choose from. 50% of the profits go to officers' families in need. For a ten percent discount, use code OTC ten. That's off the cuff ten. And the website is policecoffee.com. Order some of this coffee right now, and you'll be helping out police families.
1: I'm putting an order in, by the way.
0: I'm gonna try that coffee too, I think. You know, yeah. Hey, we're, um, drink- we're drinking Dunkin' Donuts right now. I don't know. Anyone <laughs> anyone who listens to Police Off the Cuff, do not go into Starbucks. That's just I my- go, I I I I
1: have Cafe Bostello. In my, um, in my, I buy the pods, but uh, let me ask you something, Christian. Um, uh, uh, Was your retirement based on what was uh, the current, what's going on right now? The sentiment with law enforcement, was that part of it? Or you just wanted to take your family and get out of New York uh, after the 20, get your money and run?
2: Um, No, actually I had, in my opinion, at least another five to seven years uh, to go and a lot of people tried to talk me out of retirement but yes uh a lot of it had to do with the sediment of what's going on up in new york um the whole anti-police the fund the police movement it's um it's causing a mass exodus not just in the NYPD, um but you see it all throughout the country and it's sad because you you you're losing a lot of experience and you know In my opinion, it's a false narrative of what's being spun, and um, it's only going to hurt the citizenry in the long run.
0: For sure. Steve Colon, thank you so much for your 999 Super Chat. You've been a big supporter of Police Off the Cuff, and we seriously do applaud you, and thank you so much for the support.
1: Well, the interesting thing about the NYPD is, for example, you could be a first-grade detective on the hostage negotiation team and then all of a sudden you're standing there <laughs> in full uniform. You haven't been uh, like on the street uh, during a riot because they just need bodies. Right. Am I, am I lying?
2: You are 100% truthful, my friend.
1: It's incredible yes, to take are. some to take somebody who's worked like, you know, so, hard. but that's what it is. It's all hands on deck, I guess, in a way. Yes. A lot of times they'll put you in the beginning of what they think a riot is. You know, so it gets past you. Whatever they they situate you in positions where y- you might not get involved, and it might not be a long life for you. But the reality is, you're still out there.
0: Yep. And you no, know, it, it was like funny. You said
2: it's all hands on deck.
0: Yeah, I mean, you could be, you know, you could be a 30 year veteran, you could be 62 years old, and you still get, <laughs> s- you'll still get sent to a riot, <laughs> right? They'll say hats and bats. Yeah, yeah, bring it. Everyone, everybody goes when the whistle blows, as they say, right? <laughs> you got to go. When you got to go, you got to go. It's, uh,
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, like, like you know, like, like I said, it's, it, it's, it's legitimately all hands on deck. And a lot of, to, an, to further answer your question was, I was working some nights from like four, three, four in the afternoon, and I wasn't coming home till six, seven in the morning. And then you watch from the night before, maybe not where I was or where I was working, but you see the, the department cars on fire. And I have three kids, and you know, my daughter's ten. And at this point, I was like, you know what, it's time to go. For them, it's time to go, and I walked
1: away. I mean, wow. there's two there's two trains of thoughts. Like one of them is, um, uh, you know, forget this. I, I don't want to. I don't have to deal with this anymore. I got my time in. I'm going to take my money. That's it. And the other train of thought is I'm not going to leave. I'm not going to let them dictate when I leave. I'm going to leave when I want to leave. You know. So there's there's two trains of thoughts there. And you know, it depends on who you are, person. You know, your personality. But um, I admire your decision. You know, it doesn't. It didn't look like there was um, it, there was a, a horizon coming. It looks like it's going to be a, a long drawn out several years. I mean, we just lost the governor here, and who knows what's going to happen now. everybody's excited about that, but you know, the the lady that's stepping up, uh, the woman that's stepping up and she's going to be, you know, she was the, uh, I guess the, uh, the second in command for New York. she's yes, she's, she's very, very, uh, you know, liberal, so it <laughs> doesn't mean it's yeah, going to get any better. You no, know, an, an
0: amazing thing, my last year in homicide, I was writing a book. And I took a $5 million advance and I had my detectives write the book for me at work. And I walked away. I was fine <laughs> after that. <laughs> what, did, did somebody do that? Where'd you get that from? Yeah, Cuomo did that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> he, got a five, he got a $5 million advance and his staff wrote the book for him and no one questioned it,
1: you know. <laughs> okay. And then
0: meanwhile, a cop takes a cup of coffee. They're looking to bring him in front of a grand jury,
1: you know. Uh-huh. How good is yeah. it? How good does that state trooper look for his daughter now, though? Oh, he was poo that guy. Get away from me, get away from my family. <laughs> You're not good enough for us. And you know what? Now, all of a sudden, that guy's looking pretty good <laughs> <laughs> from East- Canada,
0: <laughs> E. Stevens. Thank you so much. Uh, have a logger on me, it's well earned. Thank you so much, E. Stevens. We really appreciate the ten dollar super chat. We appreciate all you guys. You know, uh, every once in a while, like with this. It does become a duty run does this a lot. I, I've, I've been doing like three to four shows, sometimes five shows a week. And it does get a little stressful after a while. Because one of the things is you have to prepare all the time. And the other thing is you can't really go far away because you got to be home to do the, you know, to do the show at night. So, look, I'm not complaining, but it just uh, maybe I am complaining. I don't know. But it is uh, it is a little bit stressful. When you do a lot of shows, you
1: know. Well, yeah, well, listen, you know, the thing is it's it's amazing what came out of the the pandemic and how this particular, you know, our show has evolved. We went from doing one two hour show a week. We'd break it up into two, two different segments. We were in a studio, we would drive all the way into the city to do it, to uh figuring out how to do it on our own because we didn't have anybody if we wanted to keep doing it, Bill and I had to keep doing it. There was no, there was no, uh, it was up to us. We figured out zoom, which was kind of easy. We're on stream yard right now. He's dropping pictures, overlays. He has videos. And then not only that, but the the show is broken up into not just one guest for two hours, but two different guests a week for one hour. So then you got to book that too. It's like Bill saying it's, it's, um, it comes
0: a lot of work. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. And and then we,
0: and then we get these hangers on like these attorneys, they call us every day. Can I be on your show tonight? Yeah,
1: yeah but I'll I'm tell just, you. No, I'm just kidding.
0: We love to have Joe Murray on the show. We love but it. The,
1: but the truth is, it's worth it. It really is worth it because you get to hear, for example, the story that you told tonight. You know what I'm saying? Um, this is go, This is during the pandemic. We're not talking about yeah. you know, 10 years ago. This is right now in the middle of a pandemic. Two guys with guns go into a house in Queens, take three ladies. Was there a baby? there there was
2: the owner of the house was able to get out with the baby so there was a lot of information was there was an infant in there so when i was
1: responding okay, so, i believe
2: there was five hostages in total but when i got there there was only three
1: well what happened was it's a two family house and the people that were on the bottom found out there was something the I, owner of the house found out. they heard the noise upstairs and called the cops and they left with the baby that's why you had three I but believe that's that may have happened
2: I, I don't know that for sure but I can tell you that when we got there <clears throat> excuse me it was only the three women and of course 960 and 33 and that adds a lot because you have a 90 year old woman think of the optics if this went south you could go from zero to hero in a matter of seconds
0: yeah yeah. Holly, D- Holly W. Thank you so much. She wrote for a cup of coffee without the grand jury. That's that's the best. <laughs> you're right. And nice. uh, Eng- Eng- English Rose. We love people come from England giving us. Uh, is that a, is that pounds? I'm nice. not. I'm sure it's not the police off the cuffs. First rodeo. love from the UK. God bless you guys. Thank you so much. English Rose. And you know something? Nice. We're not we're not putting these accents on. This is really how we talk. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know how many you know how many acting jobs I didn't get because of this accent, but I can't get rid of it. Either can Mark.
1: <laughs> I, I I took a sp- I went to a speech therapist and she gave me my money back <laughs> after like three weeks. She wow. said. Um- yeah, she said, I can't help you. You don't, you don't practice enough. I said, I do practice, but I practice when I'm home alone. I can't practice at work because I'm a cop. What am I going to be like? Thou art under arrest, come hither. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, Ron Shindell, Inspector Ron Shindell. How are you, buddy? Good to hear from you. Great to see you. Hope you're having a great summer. He's a, he was an NYPD inspector, and now he's on the Port Authority inspector. And I don't know if he's going to do another nice. 20 years, but uh, he'll be living large one day down in Florida, you know? <laughs>
2: it's a great state, guys. I love it down here.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah I'd Yeah,
1: I'd love to move to Florida. You got a great governor there.
0: Michelle yes, Martis. Hey, there's nothing like a good New York sac- accent, Bill. You sound like a detective. Philly girl here. Nice to meet you, Michelle Martys. It's great to uh, talk to you. I just wanted to... Um, Put this up in her honor. This is the um, Chicago officer that lost her life on Saturday night. Her name is Ella French. I don't know if you followed this, but the two savages that shot her are brothers, and the mother got arrested today demanding to see them. And she's probably a savage too, because that old uh, expression, uh, you know, doesn't fall too far from the tree, you know? And uh, so she gets arrested, you know, demanding to see her two... Cop murderer sons, you know.
2: horrible. Very tragic state of affairs.
0: Very tragic. Yeah. You know, I don't hesitate to use the word "savage" because that's what they are. You know, Savages. no
1: word on the um, the other officer. They can't. The no officer crazy. got hit.
0: Th- he's in critical condition. He got hit three he's times. He's in very critical condition. Yeah, and they. It's did, been a couple. Uh... Of...
2: Again,
1: no. It's been a couple of days. I mean, it's it's four or five days now that he's. He's been in the hospital. I hope he's getting better. I hope he's uh, strengthening up, coming back, fighting back.
0: Yeah, he got hit in the—you uh, know—he got hit in the back. I know one of them. That could be—you know—that could hit major organs. You know, and it's like, uh, yeah, I don't know. There I was just, a female in the car too. That wasn't hit.
1: No, though. No, she was in the car. She was one of the perps. It was two. Oh I yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah
0: I, you're right. There was three of two. Two of them were brothers, and the mother said, "Oh, they were scared." Like you know, I, that's I hope, an excuse now. I hope they're scared on cell block D when when Jailhouse Jack comes up behind them.
1: You know, that's an excuse now. That's an excuse to carry yeah, a gun, scared, I guess, right? Because I'm scared yeah. of the police.
0: This is Chicago. You need a gun. You know,
1: <laughs> it's crazy. Very sad state
2: of affairs, boys. Very sad state of affairs there.
0: Joe Murray, the attorney. Thank you, Joe, so much for the four ninety nine super chat. And uh, you're not done with us. We're going to pull you on the show as often as possible, you know, because we don't have to pay you 650 an hour to get you on our show. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. So, you know, the whole world of policing, we discussed that uh, many times on different types of shows, and I don't blame you for doing a 20 and out and moving down to Florida. Uh, you know Carlos Fognoli. He's a retired NYPD. No. He's on. He's on the Fort Lauderdale Police Department. He's the detective in Fort Lauderdale. He's also like a second or third degree black belt in jujitsu, which I think every nice. New York City police officer now should have to learn. You know, the days of getting into a boxing stance are over. Now you have to immobilize these people because of video and 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 cell phones. You know.
1: I think you'll it find is. your way down there. I think you'll find your way down there. (laughs) One day at a time, boys. I'm enjoying. Well, you just got out. You just no. You just got out. Um, you'll you'll see after. What has it been like? Six, seven months?
2: About that, yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Peter Pranzo, thank you so much for the five dollars super chat. Peter Pranzo, the legendary lieutenant from Harlem Raiders fame and a street crime. Uh street crime hero from the eighties. And uh, he's always a big fan of the show. Him and his wife, Rachella Pranzo, Pete, so great to see you. And I hope you're having a great summer. I saw that you saw Darius Rucker in concert. I love that. Seeing you and Rachella, dressed in your rock and roll outfits, going to see Darius Rucker.
1: <laughs> this guy had to cancel a concert today because um, they wouldn't uh, cater his clause, which was uh, the vaccine. He wanted everybody to uh, be vaccinated or proof of a test. I think it was in Texas. and They shot it down. They said, no, we got to open it up to everybody. So he lost his show. Big country Ali- singer.
0: Holly W., you, you asked which cop show is most accurate. I don't know if you've ever seen this show before. My favorite cop show of all time is something called The Wire. It was out of Baltimore. It was well, on HBO. It was a great, great show. That was
1: good. But you know what? I mean, if you want to go further back, the most accurate show dealing with a detective squad is Barney Miller.
0: Barney yeah, Miller. Everyone says that. Barney That's Miller. True.
1: Barney Miller is exactly what it's like to be in a squad. All the different personalities, uh, the type of people that you arrest. It, it, it's yep. a squad. Yeah.
0: MC's, was- MC's audio says Homicide, Life on the Street. That was also a great show. Although, and the when, and so. Yeah, they got a little bit too ridiculous, though. You know? Uh, yeah, at the end. Remember I, the show uh, Hill Street Blues?
1: Yeah, that was great. That was great. That was Patrol right there, yeah. really. Anti-crime. Um, yeah. It, it, in my one-win show, that's the way we used to start all the scenes with this, uh, the song from uh, Hawaii Five-0, from Barney Miller, from uh, Chips. Oh, wow. <laughs> we had oh, great wow. shows
0: <laughs> chips <laughs> hey punch how don't. someone is saying the most original or, or realistic cop show is cops well yeah it's it's the real thing happening in front of your eyes you know and they well, uh, following
1: somebody a factual breakdown i loved uh P- live pd i did they did it come back it still hasn't come back it, it was
0: supposed to come back i don't know not if yet. it's yeah. back on not yet uh, yet you know I don't they're think not so, ready no. they're holding on you know what it is people get triggered when they see the blue line they're triggered and they just get so upset you know
1: it's morons <laughs> they should have had that show going the whole time all the during all the riots and they they chickened out they left they would have had it would have had unbelievable. The people would have, would have been watching live PD every single night, and he could have moved all those people to every state that they were doing the riots, and they wouldn't let him do it. And they lost millions and millions and billions of dollars. That would have been the biggest hit of all time.
0: Joe Murray said, yes. "Bad boy, bad boy, what you gonna do when they come for you, bad boy?" Bad boy. <laughs> I thought Joe Murray was gonna sing it, but you know he's not a guest on our show today. <laughs>
1: That's great. So what does tomorrow look like? Uh when you get up and you're retired.
2: Sunny ninety-one and it will, will probably be at the pool at some tomorrow. Tomorrow's a pool day.
1: <laughs> you have your own pool or you're a part of like a little community and they have a pool there.
2: Community. And I and yeah, they have uh, I have actually two two uh, two water two pool sites that we uh, can go to. But uh, the one that's like literally three minutes from my house has a water slide. The kids have fun. I'm in the
1: shade in the cabana with the misses and just enjoying the the summer heat. You know, it's funny. My mother, she says to me, uh, my mother she lives in Fort Lauderdale, and she uh, they had a house, and uh, now my my stepsister she uh, she moved on. So she says, "Oh, we found a really nice place in this uh, 55 and over community." She said, um, "We got a two-bedroom apartment. It's huge. It's, it's uh, we got a pool. It's beautiful." And I said, "Maybe I'll come down there and check it out. See, um, maybe you know, maybe it's good for me." And she says, "What are you talking about?" I said, "Ma, I'm going to be 55 next year. I could
0: I could go there. <laughs> <laughs> you could go to one of those 55 and over communities." Yeah, it blew That's her great.
1: mind. My mother was. She was like, "Oh my God! I didn't even realize that." <laughs> Yeah, now is,
0: is Jacksonville further north is that in the northern part of Florida
2: <clears throat> yes northeast Florida I'm about okay. a two hour drive from Savannah Georgia I'm about two hours from Orlando
0: before you know it you're going to lose your New York accent you're going to be saying y'all
2: <laughs> nope. nope I get compliments everywhere I go it, it's still thick it'll be around for a while <laughs>
0: Someone said Mark, AARP time. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> you, you don't hey. realize you don't realize it but it's actually available. I could go there next year and and get a real a, a beautiful apartment for $1200 a month because I'm 55.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, th- I think there's a maintenance involved too but it's uh, it's still it's still, it happens. It's great weather. Golf all day, all year. You know, round. I, used to, I used to poo-hoo the AARP when I used to get it in my mailbox. I'm like, ah, oh, this is crazy. I throw it out. And then one day, I bothered opening it, and I could see. I saw that uh, they had a a coupon. You get readers. You get like, um, you know, ten pair of readers for like six bucks and i was like i want to use th- i need this this is great so next thing you know i'm in cvs with my aarp <laughs> i'm giving it to them
0: <laughs> mark you know what was a big a big uh thing was you remember when you first realized you needed reading glasses 44 it was crazy i was i thought i was like drunk or something i just kept rubbing my eyes like i couldn't see you know yeah i couldn't yeah. see my
1: locker combination couldn't yeah see and my i was locker. like
0: and then I was t- I was taking things and holding them, like, 10 feet away so I could uh-huh. read it. I was like, I didn't want to accept it that I needed glasses, you know.
1: Well, anybody from England will tell you they call them 44s over there because you, you get them at 44. That's apparently when your eyesight starts going and you start needing readers. If you had twenty twenty vision, I had 20 vision prior to the readers. My distance <laughs> yeah. is still good right now. It's just the... Um, I, I use them so much, too, every day.
0: Oh, yeah, I can't see it. I couldn't read it all. I, you know, forget about it. No. Forget about it. That's another thing you got to bring down to Florida. Forget about it, right? That's a, <laughs> that, that's a that's a Brooklyn word. They love that. Forget about it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> There's a
2: pizzeria right by my house that has a big sign. They're actually from Brooklyn, and they came down here. They They relocated down here about maybe 10 years ago. Great. Sarafino's Pizza in Jacksonville. Phenomenal. Closest to New York pizza that I found down here. And he's got a big sign that says, forget about it. Over so 2008. <laughs> so I was like, oh, back it, it, this is great.
0: You know, English Rose says she's never heard that word, forget about it. Come on. You're not, you're <laughs> watch, you don't watch The Sopranos? Forget about it, right?
1: Forget about it. You never heard forget about it? Forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's the water when it comes to the pizza and the bagels. It's all the water. You need that hard water, that hard New yeah. York City mineral water.
0: Hey Peter Pranzo even yeah, brought up an me. older one. Remember, remember you talking to me? You talking to me? Remember that in the taxi yeah. driver? <laughs> yeah. That was a great one. That was a long, long time ago. That was like one of De Niro's first leading roles, taxi driver. You know, yeah. you know if. For five dollars, who knows the name? Is is character's name? Oh my uh, god! In the chat, who knows his character's name? Okay, okay. Travis Bickle. Travis, <laughs> I knew it was Bickle, but I forgot the
1: first name. <laughs>
2: I, 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 I was yeah. like, it's like right here. I was like, I couldn't
0: think of it. <laughs> it's crazy. We're in like the last four minutes. We were almost upon an hour, guys. I thought it was a, um, we just, we just actually booked Christian a few hours ago with our new employee, Mike Cologne, who's helping us book guests and, uh, MC audio, MC's audio take MC's audio is a great broadcaster. He's a great podcaster. He's a young guy, but he's going to be a superstar in this the industry. Prodigy. Yeah. And I said, we got to we got to get this guy to help yeah. us out with this. So, uh, He's an employee now of Police Off the Cuff. We're building um, a team. Yeah, we're building a team, that's for sure. Um, this Monday, as I said, I'm doing a show on 9-11 uh, with the author of a book, A Retired Inspector. And then Tuesday, I'm actually doing um, a show also on 9-11 with the three guys that responded to the uh, Ground Zero with me that day. Well, Monday, and, we're doing it together, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, is I have his book. And um, Wednesday, actually, we have a surprise guest. Joe Pistone is coming back with Tommy Dades and uh, Phil Grimaldi's going to interview him with me. Everything you wanted to know about the mob, but were afraid to ask. Tommy Dades is an expert, and Joe Pistone, the real Donnie Brasco, is going to be on the show for the third time. And uh, it's going to be an amazing show. A lot of you folks from other uh, countries. Joe Pistone is the real deal. He went undercover and put away b- about six. 100 mafia members. For six years, he was undercover. Yeah. Actually, if, if they let him stay another month, they were going to make him. He was going to be a made guy. They were going to straighten him out, as they say in mob lingo. You
1: know? That's one of my favorite
0: movies. <laughs> Donnie Brasco? Yeah, it's great. Yeah.
1: Uh, great movie.
0: And yeah, he was for, a great guest. He was yeah, great forget guest. about forget about it that Joe Pistone's coming on on yeah, Wednesday. Yeah. What does that be- what, what does that mean for, uh, forget about it. Well, it can mean anything. It can
1: yeah. Mean, yeah. It can mean anything
0: like forget well,
1: about, it's about it. He's got a nice car, you say, "Oh, forget about it." How's that guy yeah, someone cars? said
0: Donnie Brasco, forget about it. <laughs> yeah. you, you can use it it's a multi it's a multi-use word. You can use it for anything, right? Yeah? Well, for um
1: what do we got left? Uh any you got you promoting anything Bill? You got anything coming up?
0: Uh just you know folks if you would uh, again you know if you like the show uh subscribe to us on YouTube, give us a thumbs up, hit ring the bell. Uh if you want to join our Patreon, uh you can join our Patreon by um we have three tiers. There's the there's the address for it. $7 a month. Um you're the bucket for $9 <laughs> a month. You can polish my rack. And for eleven dollars a month, you get to dip them in him butter. butter. That's right, and that's one of that's the most popular tier, being dipped in butter. So uh, we'd appreciate all the help we could get, and uh, we're having a ball doing this. But believe it or not, it, it is a lot of work, and we really appreciate our fans. I'm seeing more and more people from overseas, and it's amazing—Australia, England, Ireland, uh, South Africa. It's it's just it's unbelievable. It's 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 incredible. Anything. We- <laughs> Anything you want to talk about, Mark?
1: No, but Ago, A-Go says uh, now when somebody says "forget about it," I do. <laughs>
0: that's the best <laughs> thing you can do. That's great. Forget about that's, it. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I just. That's forgot. actually a great line.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, no, I uh, my album drops uh, September fourteenth. The bangers, and I'll be promoting it up until then. Um, they're doing final touches on the uh, the artwork, and uh, and that's pretty much it.
0: You know, Kristen, we just want to thank you with no notice at all. You came on the show tonight. We really appreciate it. No worries. Retired first grade detective, Kristen Flood, now living the life down in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, We're all envious of you, uh, but uh, we thank you so much for coming on the show. And for everyone that was listening tonight, all the folks in the chat, we thank you so much for your support for Police Off the Cuff. On behalf of Bill Cannon and Mark DeMeo, and Kristen Flood, who is our guest tonight. Thank you so much, and good night, everyone.
1: Have a good night, guys.